0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Stop, collaborate and stop listening to this podcast if you don't like swearing. Okay, bye.
1: Fuck off and die.
0: I you have a shitty life, fuck off and die, I hope that you can drag pink die. fuck off and die, I hope you have really bad sex, fuck off and die, I hope you never pay your heads,
1: fuck off
0: and fuck off and fuck off and fuck off and fuck off and die. Hello, welcome to the fuck off and die podcast. We are in the future. Why are we in the future? Because it's the future. Oh. Is or would you say it is the present? We're in the
2: past. From when people are listening, we're actually in the past. Holy
0: shit. We're
2: time travellers. My brain is exploding. Either way, we're definitely time travellers.
0: It is Sarah and Jade from the past speaking to you to say, we love you. If you are going through heartbreak,
2: it fucking sucks. I know this sounds like such a seamless podcast that you assume we just record it live and drop it straight away. But in reality, it does take several days of edits. I have to, to get
0: edit the flawless
2: composition that you end up hearing.
0: I have to edit so much
2: of this fucking
0: podcast. <laughs> Neither of us are trained media personalities. Can you tell? <laughs> I am just a personality. Very large, very colourful personality. Exactly. But you can't see colour because it's a podcast. Oh, mm. Maybe in the future the podcasts will come in colour. Okay, I want to share. This season our podcast is in colour. Oh my God, that's true. Our artwork got colour this season. We decided we deserved pink. I don't know why we thought podcasts couldn't have colour in the past. That was me. I have this thing about creating art within a structure and so I went a little bit white stripes and was like yeah we're just black and white and a little bit of red for the blood but then I realized that some people found that a bit intense and didn't understand what we're about. Do you know who else liked black and white as a color scheme? Oh no who? Are you gonna say (laughs) Hitler? Oh my god I really loved uh Hitler's branding. (laughs) <laughs> and i said Jake.
2: that is one thing that like i mean
0: the nazis suck and everyone knows the nazis suck but one thing they were very good at was graphic design they also had amazing uniforms i think they were designed by some designer like Gaultier or versace or something really did i make that up i don't know maybe also i, I hate the you nazis just, like throw versace under the bus as a nazi though <laughs> do you know who was a nazi supporter coco chanel like 150 no percent look it up
2: it's weird how
0: nobody talks about it.
2: Are you sure? Yes. Because that's
0: a pretty damning thing to say if you're not 100% sure. I, am 100, I said 150%. <gasps> sure. I read a very well-referenced article about it. Oh, my God. I know. So, yeah, she's a bitch. Oh, my God. Don't wear her shit. Oh, I couldn't afford to. Don't even wear the knockoffs. <laughs> Wait, what were we talking about? Oh, oh. Speaking of color. Oh, yeah, we're
2: in the future, in the past, simultaneously. So, yeah. Okay,
0: no, we And now in color. That... We're not talking about that anymore. So we did something else really cool besides brand ourselves like Nazis. We made an e-book. Yes. We made a digital version of the book. So if you need support, like right fucking now. What does it feature? Colour. No, ah, it, oh. it's still in black and white. Oh, uh, none of the none of the gender specific bullshit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> we fucked off the heteronormative
0: bullshit. That's right. Um,
2: because w- our plan when we first made the book was always to have different versions of it. Yes, but then we realised that we are not some massive corporation that can afford to print multiple different runs of a physical book. So we can't
0: have multiple editions with multiple different pronouns. We can't afford it is what you're saying. We can't afford we can't it, can't it afford on our to print sweet podcast dollars. <laughs> we can't afford to print different books on $1 an episode. Between two people, Between 50 cents two two people. an episode. Okay. Um, so instead
2: we made a digital version which we can um, create with only our time as an expense and therefore not have the cost of printing and therefore we made a new version. That was a
0: very long way of me saying Are you sure you don't have media training? (laughs) (laughs) That was a flawless summary. That was execution. (laughs) It blew me away. So the book is on our shop right now and you can download it. It's only $10. Which is cheaper than the physical book. And um, it's, yeah. And it's, you can just
2: take it to Officeworks and print it, or like anywhere yeah. with a printer. I mean, if you've got a printer at home, you could just print it at home.
0: There are a few updates. There's new artwork in some places, which is really fucking cool. Jade is obviously an artistic genius. And none there's of n- it. There's no more pronouns, no, no, no pronouns. specific pronouns. Because we do have male listeners and we fucking love our male listeners and queer listeners totally but when I did write it initially I felt like I couldn't speak for other people's experiences so I did make it you know me as a woman breaking writing about your experience with a man and then obviously as it evolved and we got more of an understanding of of who we're supporting it made sense definitely too. they them the fuck out of the book your media training so much better than mine where did you go to media school I I did debating at school and public speaking. Oh. I love the sound of my own voice. Do you know, actually, I did, I did a uh, public speaking course. Did you really? Yeah, I forget. It's called Toastmasters. Oh. Yeah, I forget about stuff I did. And I also, actually, I did radio. Oh, my God. But I didn't really have training. I would just go in with a mug to make it look like I was drinking coffee and I'd drink whiskey. So you were an alcoholic? I was. In my early 20s, I was definitely an alcoholic. Wow yeah big revelations early on <laughs> hi i'm Sarah. I'm, I'm sorry alcoholic. to hear that and i'm glad that you've recovered i stopped yeah i stopped drinking um and now i'm able to just have a drink and not feel compulsive about it but i used to get fucking trashed often on my own because i was very sad i had a lot of issues and i didn't know how to deal with them oh, that hurts my heart oh but i'm okay now and now i have a podcast where i get to talk about all my issues <laughs> and make two dollars an episode oh it's 50 cents per episode okay thank you for reminding me of that you wish you were getting two dollars an episode oh my god are we still doing the intro yeah yeah <laughs> I think we need to get into this well, let's let's move on <laughs> okay
2: all right this is the clip if you have not built a home if you do not have a husband if you do not have a baby and you are turning 30 only and you're not in some like incredibly like secure stable place in your career or you're still figuring things out there's just like this incredible amount of anxiety it took me a long time but I'm very happy I call it being self partnered
0: do you know who that was no it was Emma fucking Watson oh I love her talking about turning 30 but insert whatever age you are yeah I remember 30 <laughs> turning 30 whoa 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 <laughs> Such a little bit. I can't imagine how scary it must
2: be to be turning thirty. Actually I actually do remember turning thirty. I was and I do remember being scared. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big landmark. But as I approach 40, 30
0: thirty doesn't seem so frightening Spoiler anymore. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert, time keeps going, and you will eventually turn forty. Although, as
2: we have established, me and Sarah are actually not working in linear time and we actually move back and forth between the past and the present. We're from the
0: past. So I'm actually in my early twenties right now. Still an alcoholic. Having having some good good but horrible times i'm in the future i've i'm mentally
2: moved on to an hour from now while me and sarah will be eating a delicious dinner oh i can't
0: wait we're going on a date i'm going to stare into jade's eyes and make it feel deeply uncomfortable it will make me like i do on all my dates. anyway so okay emma watson um oh, yeah turning Ooh. 30 that wasn't that wasn't really the uh The subject, that was the big thing. It was being self-partnered. Being self-partners. Does she mean single? No, she doesn't see herself as single. She sees herself as Mm self-partnered. So she's not single. She's self-partnered. Okay, okay. I, I love that. I love that language. And she also talks about the anxieties that come with not having all of those stereotypically stable things that people think you should have when you're turning 30. I feel like we need to checklist what Emma Watson does have as she turns 30, which is <laughs> millions
2: of dollars, <laughs> <laughs> an incredible career in cinema, but also
0: as like an advocate, she's got a lot going on. But can, can I just interrupt and say, isn't it amazing that a woman who is objectively so successful like she is can still, feel, can still feel the anxiety and the social pressure to have all of those things? Yeah. So I think that goes to... So nobody's exempt. But it sounds like she's worked through it. Because now yeah. she's like, I'm self-partnered, bitch. She sounds fine. <laughs> she sounds fine. That's it. That's the it's end It's fine. <laughs> she's... Guys, Emma Watson Guys, is, I'm not worried about Emma, Emma Watson. Emma Watson is fine. <laughs> the end. Should we go? Let's go get dinner. I'm thinking about this dinner. <laughs> Jade, I'm not fine. Don't leave. So Emma Watson is
2: fine. Can we... Can the rest of us also be fine? I think we need to take, I
0: think I'm going to put it out there. I'm
2: not fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am not self-partnered and I'm not happily single. Like, and yeah. I feel like there's um a bit of a thing now where like you're supposed to be okay with being single yes. and it's like empowering yes. to like, oh yeah, I'm single and I'm living my best life. And it's yes. like, yeah, that's great. But I'm not. And when I say I am, it's just bullshit. Like, yes. yeah, I hate being single and I mean, I'm not going to date someone who is going to make my life worse. Like, I don't hate single that much. Yeah. But it's certainly not my preferred state to be in either.
0: See, I used to do that. Date people that would make it worse. <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: like, being single sucks, but how could I make it worse?
0: because yeah, there's nothing that makes you feel more alone than being in a quote-unquote relationship with someone that is not mentally there or is ho- horrible yeah sometimes there's always good yeah moments. it can be very lonely to be in a bad relationship well funnily enough this is going to sound very trite and conceited like everything i've been saying in this episode didn't we
2: make a podcast so we could just listen to ourselves talk and then let right. like, other
0: people listen to us talk so maybe i will stop prefacing every sentence with that because yeah it, i think it's just, just that's the base assumption it goes without saying that it is trite and conceited yeah but i agree i feel like up until two weeks ago I felt like a lot of stuff I was saying I did believe but I didn't feel it experientially in my body and then I went through a really rough patch where I felt like or I realized that I have worth and then all of a sudden I started to feel genuinely at peace about not having a partner because I've always experienced a high level of anxiety about not having a partner and that's really hard to say it feels embarrassing
2: yeah, I feel embarrassed to say that I want a partner. Like, yeah, I feel like a big, I, I
0: want to be like, no, nah, bitch, I'm fine. Yeah, a big part of our identity is being like, we're killing it on our own, but like, it can real be talk. Hard. It's hard. Yeah, and we're lucky we have each other. You know,
2: like we're not alone in the world. Yeah. We're not in like a dark abyss of loneliness, Although but
0: it's hard. I don't know if we're lucky because I think that we did work at connecting and forming a relationship. You worked
2: at forming and connecting. I
0: worked. I work so hard every time. <laughs> I
2: was there. I was present. <laughs> work, work, work. <laughs> it's um, worth it. <laughs> but sorry, I just want to come back to that concept of worthiness and, and that as you have become more aware of your worthiness, you've become less anxious about.
0: Being single. Yeah. So would
2: you say that you're moving more from singledom to self, to being
0: self-partnered? I, You know what I think? And I said this to my therapist the other day. I genuinely feel like I'm in a relationship with myself. Because I've also experienced that I, I'm one of those people that always has a partner, I think. And when I'm with a partner, I'm not always genuinely feeling like I am fulfilled with someone. So I don't even know if it makes a difference if you're with someone or not. Because you're always with yourself, and you need to, and it, and I know this sounds so trite, but you need to nurture that relationship with yourself and and like yourself. And I genuinely don't think I got that until two weeks ago. Well, I mean, lucky you're living <laughs> in hope, the past and you're not thirty yet. <laughs> I hope it lasts. I think it's something that's clicked because I do find that in in my journey, like I, I kind of have something that clicks, and I just feel so I feel relieved because I always just have had lived with this anxiety that I'm not good enough and that I need someone to validate my worth. And then that leads to you getting in relationships with people who actually treat you like maybe you don't have worth. I don't mean to, but they're drug- they're struggling with their own self-worth issues. How did you increase your worth? I didn't increase it. And that's the thing. I didn't increase it. It was always there. I just I know it's there now. You just became aware of what was already there. Every single person has worth. I just didn't believe I did.
2: Oh, babe. Yeah. You've gone through this process of like, you were always worthy, but you couldn't see it. Yeah. And now you can see what was always there.
0: It's like obvious to me now, but I can feel it. But it's like that same thing you said where we're always going, oh, I don't need anyone. I'm so great. I'm doing, you know, I'm living my best life. Blah blah blah. It's like I always said, yeah, I've got self worth, mm. but I don't think you I didn't believe it did or believe it actually inside of me. But I only realize that now. Yeah, and obviously that has a lot to do with like upbringing and conditioning. Unfortunately, sometimes people have parents who, who, who squash their children's self worth, and that's really sad because that child had worth all along. Mm. They just it's like they hid the worth from you. Yeah, and a lot of the time the sad thing is that the parents and the people that do that to you have their own issues with their worth. Instead of dealing with that, they project it onto their child or yeah. onto you. And then you just get used to being with people in relationships that don't treat you like you're worth something because you're just used to it. Yeah, the love that is modelled to us I think has a really big influence on the love we seek. Totally, and it's comfortable. Mm. A lot of the love I had was very driven by drama because that was what it was like growing up having unpredictability and drama. And then when I'm with someone who's like stable, it doesn't feel like love because it's not exciting. Mm. But love isn't necessarily what it you're comfortable with. doesn't need to with. be tumultuous. It's horrible. It's so stressful. Yeah. You can't concentrate on making things or like nurturing anything outside of the relationship you're just in survival mode all the time yeah that sounds stressful yeah so if you're listening to this and you do feel anxious about being partnered I guess I want to say or that not being partnered yeah about not being partnered I think it's a universal experience and it is really hard but you are worthy you're worthy as fuck
2: and I think that's what comes out of that concept of being self-partnered is like that sense of like I'm worthy of a good life and I can give that to myself in the absence of someone else that can give it to me
0: and if someone comes along that's going to elevate that then that's amazing but if they don't then lean into those other relationships that lift you up and lean into yourself and all the dickheads can just fuck off and die Mm -mm 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 -mm. (laughs) fuck off and fuck off and die
1: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365 day returns.
0: Hey Sarah and Jade. I just want to know when do you think is the right time to start dating after a breakup? Oh good question. We may have done this before but shall we do it again? It feels familiar but let's do it again. We've at least touched on it before. Well it's
2: definitely something that When you're going through a breakup, you think of, I believe that one of the things we may have said was the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. Yeah. That feels familiar to me. Yeah. We've said that before.
0: Um, Do you think that's true? Yes and no. Because it can be devastating. Yeah. If it's really bad, you miss them more. Yeah. If the sex was good before.
2: Look, I don't think it's going to move you on emotionally from Mm. a partner that you've been through a breakup with to get on... Under someone else, um, so to speak, or you might be on or top. top of them. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You. They might um, be under you. Yeah, but I do think like if you're missing just physical sex, then go mm. have sex. But I think that you need to know why you're doing it, and if you're trying to replace emotional intimacy with meaningless sex, that's not going to fill the hole, so yeah. to speak. You will, you will devastate yourself if you're trying to fulfill a physical need with physical sex go to town yeah that's smart in terms of
0: when the right time is though I don't think there's a right or a wrong time to move on what about say you're in a breakup you're going through a breakup and you're like oh I just really want to go on online dating to distract yourself from the pain do you think that's a good idea
2: I feel like swiping as a distraction might be a good idea but actually dating as a distraction I feel like it's probably just gonna cause
0: more drama it'll compound your pain probably maybe
2: compound the pain and also you might actually accidentally inflict pain on other people
0: yeah because you're, you're not in working order
2: no so maybe the right time to date it's not a fixed time it's a state of being it's when you're in good working order again to use dan savage's phrasing of it oh no i made that up no you didn't no
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a really good point yeah Yeah, because sometimes also swiping can be good to remind yourself there are other people out there. Yeah. And even if you don't, like you might just, it's sort of like perusing
1: Yeah, just browsing the catalogue, yeah.
0: But you don't actually date them. You're not ready to buy. It might help you just notice that there are single people living in the world available to potentially fuck you. Or date you in the future when you're ready. Yes, because it's not all about sex. Um, apparently,
2: well, I've been reading recently about asexual people, and when I say reading about, I followed Chuck Tingle on Facebook, yeah, who is um world's greatest author, and um his latest Tingler is about asexual people, and therefore not super sexy Does I Does he actually write books or just do ridiculous Oh yeah covers no he writes books. About yeah. butts. I mean the the titles and the covers are incredible. Oh I thought he was just a But they're actual meme. books. No 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 he 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 is he's created his own universe. <laughs> he's
0: the real deal.
2: Yeah I mean at first I thought it was just yeah parody covers and stuff but actually his whole thing is like just about doing you like yeah. I think he phrases it as trot on. It's like be yourself yeah you are enough and just by existing and again this is his phrasing you prove love
0: oh my god yeah i didn't realize that there was any depth to it i literally thought he just talked about anal sex
2: i'm sure there's heaps of anal sex in a lot of those I'm books especially, especially to... the ones that have pounding in the title which a lot of them do
0: you you never you never just have sex in the butt you pound in the yeah butt. a lot
2: of the titles are things like being pounded in the butt by my lawyer's butt or they're weird titles, like my Tyrannosaurus Tyrannosaurus lawyer's butt or something like that. Like it's like very, very hilarious titles and the covers are equally hilarious, bad Photoshop, amazingness. And it's worth following just for that content, but there are books underneath and there is like a whole kind of, like I said, like, I feel like he's created a universe both in his fiction, but also literally in this physical world. He's created a space that's safe for everyone. And yeah. where everyone is valid just by existing. So speaking of worthiness, yeah, he's
0: really validating that everyone is worthy. He's a George R. R. Martin of butts. I don't
2: know who George R. R. Martin is. He wrote
0: Game of Thrones. <laughs> he had
2: his, I think there uh, are a lot of books. <laughs> he created a
0: universe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's a genius who has created a universe. I don't know if George R. R. Martin is a genius. Also, why does he? Have I think to be, Chuck Tingle might be. Why does it have to be R. R.? It's really hard to say. It's like, ah, ah. Maybe his name is Red Rover. Red <laughs> Rover. Can I admit, can I uh, confess something to you? Yeah. You know how you were like, I re- actually read it in this book, which kind of sounds like an insane book. You know, when I've re- whenever I say to you, like, I read this article, it's actually something I learned on TikTok. <laughs> but you don't like TikTok, and I know you shut down when I mention TikTok, so I just pretend. Is that why you can't ever find sources for your articles? Because <laughs> it's all from TikTok. I admitted that to a mutual friend the other day. I was like, "Yeah, Jade hates TikTok, so I just say I've read it in an article."
2: Yeah, I'm. I, I feel like it's like the one part of my life where I'm really showing my age is my resistance to uptake TikTok. Yeah, it's the one part. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, I'm I'm flawlessly in my teens. So. Ew. Teens,
0: I would hate to be in my teens. Yeah, it's an awkward age. Um, what was the question? Oh, dating. when's the right time? To oh start my god. god! And, and you- went on a huge tangent. <laughs> you said something really cool though, about uh, whether you're in the right
2: state. Yes. And rather than rather than it being like you have to wait one week or you have to wait one month or you have to wait one year, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you should wait, and you don't have to do anything. Do whatever the fuck you want, but you. I would recommend that you wait. Two full moons. Until you <laughs> feel like, A, you're not going to just be going around causing other people pain because people, you're not ready to receive love.
0: People will fall in love with you. Yes. You are so awesome. Yeah. And also I find that when you're going through heartbreak and you're unavailable for some reason, a lot of people really like that. And or also there's like, nothing weird weird wrong with like if, you, you. if
2: you're not ready to be in a relationship, just be open about that and do your casual dating and, True. Um, you know, that way people – hopefully going to be cautioned that, Hey, now's not mm. the right time to fall in love with me. I'm, I'm hot not here for that. And I'm here for some hot sex. Yeah. And that's fine. But if you're looking for another relationship, then yeah, I think when you're feeling ready to really love someone new who is not your ex mm. and when you're feeling love for yourself mm. and when you're feeling ready to receive love from someone else.
0: Can I confess something else? Yeah. Not about TikTok. I used to be that person that would go and find a new partner or someone when I was going through heartbreak to sort of distract or numb myself from the pain and like if you ever have an ex that like met someone really quickly and you're like oh did I not mean anything to them you did you did they loved you it's just like a mechanism to try and like push the pain away like an avoidance strategy yeah because then you're focused on this new person but the thing is you can't ever really be focused fully on the new person because you are genuinely still grieving the person from the past. And it's sad because I think about a lot of relationships I've had. I didn't really get to enjoy the beginning of it because I was just trying to hide my grief from them. And I should have been single. I should have just stayed away. Yeah,
2: and just taken the time it takes to process and then be ready. Yeah. I was just thinking as well about like, you know, how there's no set amount of time that that takes. Part of it is like how long it just takes you to process that and be ready Mm. part of it is that not every breakup leaves a big impact on you and not every breakup is like easy to get over like um you know we did our breakups Richter scale and you know talked about how like there's those low level breakups that are just like a one or a two and like you know you're just sad for a few days and then you're fine yeah so you're ready in a few days if you're fine
0: go for it sometimes you check out of the relationship years before it ends Mm, so when it actually ends it's still like one or two (laughs)
2: <laughs> but then there's like those breakups that are like hitting the eight or nine on the scale, where it's life shattering, devastating. Yeah. It's going to take months to get over the crying everyday stage, yeah. let alone the part where you're ready to receive love from a new person. Yes. Um. And so, yeah, I don't think there's any rule about this. Yes. I think you should trust yourself and I think you should really engage with how you actually feel and not what you should be feeling or where yeah, you, you should be at or what you think you should do.
0: Yeah. Cause some people say like, Oh, if you're with them for a year, it'll take a year. If you, I mean, I was with one of my exes for nine years. Like I shouldn't even be dating now. <laughs> I mean, not, I'm not, I'm not dating now, but I have dated since. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's any hard and I, fast rules. It was hard for me not to just
2: make a like funny comment for the sake of comedy, but I wouldn't have meant it.
0: Why please do. Why would you hold back? Because I don't know. I feel like we're like I, there's something
2: about this space that feels a lot warmer and more genuine than because my spaces because we're in my bedroom. It
0: might be that you can be mean to me. I love it. Also, that's my love language: being a bitch.
2: It's definitely not my love language. If I'm mean to someone, it's because I'm
0: w- wanting to be mean to them, oh. not because I'm trying to show love. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about something else, mm-hmm. and I I spoke to you about this a while ago. You know I'm
2: not going to remember what you said a while ago. So you
0: you know how I said I used to be one of those people that got into something really quickly? Yeah. The thing that short-circuited that was my dog dying. Wow. And that was – That is heartbreak. Yeah, but but it was the parallel. So my dog died and I thought – and this was like maybe six weeks ago and I knew so clearly that I wasn't ready to get another dog. And my sister said, I'm thinking about getting another dog – and I, you know, I love my sister a bits. I want her to have everything she wants. But mm-hmm. I actually said, no, I don't think I'm ready yet. So we live together also, FYI. And then I realized, wow, this is a similar feeling to a breakup. And I can see that I was never ready to get a new partner. But I just ignored that feeling. Mm. But with a dog, I could see it more. It's like there was less baggage around it or something. Yeah, I, it's a very pure kind of love. Am I making sense? I feel yeah. like I'm not explaining myself very well. Yeah, and so now when I check in with myself now and go, am I ready to date? I realise, oh, no, I'm not. There's grief you have to process yeah. first.
2: Yeah. When you lose someone who's important to you, whether they're human or um, a dog, and this is probably the thing, like it's like when when it was your dog, there's no – and because she passed away – there's no betrayal. There's no jealousy. There's no needing to one-up someone. There's, there's none of those complex emotions. It's just pure love and it ended for a pure reason. Yeah, she was and an old, old lady. So there's no like, oh, I've got to get another dog to show her or I've got to do this thing to like cover up that pain.
0: It's like yeah. I just need to feel this and I just need to move through it. And, and it just felt wrong. Like I, I wouldn't be ready to take care of another dog. But do you know the thing I just thought of then, which I think you touched on, was I think the thing that made me go out and try and find a new person was that also that anxiety, which Emma Watson spoke about, of feeling like you need to be partnered and have kids and have a family. Like, so I, if I don't get another dog now, I'll never have another dog. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that about a dog, but about a person, I'm like, oh, if I don't find another dog now, I'll never have baby dogs. <laughs> Or like there'll be no other dogs out there because they're all gonna what, I don't know what. It combust and cease to exist. It's illogical. But it's like it it's, is illogical it's but it's this irrational fear that's that, what our brains do to us. And this irrational fear overrides me listening to my body, which is telling me you need to wait. That's a powerful metaphor. Yeah. Like I'm learning a lot from this conversation that we're having, like working through this. It's a, it's a lot. And I feel like I
2: also need to say in the context of this conversation i'm so sorry for your loss oh thank you um the reason i didn't lead with that is because obviously me and sarah have had conversations about her dog off air prior to now but yes jade was it seems crazy to not acknowledge it in this moment as well
0: oh it was so sad i was so sad for like yeah i'm still sad but uh, you know that it's like that thing we spoke about that intense grief does fade even though when you're in it it feels like it will last forever Mm. and heartbreak comes in so many different forms it's so true the other thing i wanted to say about the whole dating thing is that even though we're saying like it's about a state of mind i also don't believe you need to be perfect to date no yeah Yeah. yeah, when when i talk about being ready to date i certainly don't mean you have
2: gotta be a perfect person because that person doesn't exist no none of us even in our best forms
0: none of us are perfect. And I totally don't think you did mean that, but I just wanted to flag it as something because yeah. I feel like some people think like, oh, I need to go in and do all the therapy and be this hugely evolved person. But part of living is just putting yourself out there. And yeah. if you do feel emotionally ready to put yourself out there, I think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to meet any other criteria other than feeling ready. Because also sometimes people say, oh, you just need to go work on yourself. you'll meet the right person. And I just think that's total bullshit.
2: I think that is the most patronising advice. Like you have to earn love. Like you have to to meet this like (laughs) checkbox list of criteria in order to be good enough for someone to love you. Fuck that. It's like the exact opposite of that default of worthiness that we were talking about earlier. It is. It totally is. And also who is this smug (laughs) patronising asshole that feels like they can get up on their high horse and tell me that I'm not worthy?
0: Yeah. It is something that I have heard a fair bit. And it's often not delivered in a patronizing way it's just it's delivered almost like a truth it's It's not a truth in reality I think everyone needs to work on themselves whether you're coupled or in a relationship with yourself it's just if you're alive you sort of have a responsibility to make yourself the best version of yourself you can in a non-perfectionistic way, of Absolutely. course. But you don't have to do it before you find a partner. You can yeah. do
2: that at any stage of those. Those two journeys can yes. coexist. They can exist separately. They can intersect.
0: It's not a you have to do this one and then no, do this one. No, it's not a prerequisite for finding someone. No. I mean, everything is so messy. Humans are messy. Life is messy. And so are relationships. Yeah. I heard a really good quote and I'm, I actually have been thinking about it is, um, to be the best mess you can be. Oh yeah. And I really like that. Do you, is it by anyone? I anyone? don't know. I don't know where I fucking heard it. I have an anonymous quote. Maybe well. it was on TikTok. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have an anonymous quote. I don't know where it came from. I found it on the internet and it's not attributed, um, which says you are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously.
0: Oh, I fucking love that. Should we do the quote section now or did we just do it? We just did it. <laughs> should, do, do you want to end it or do you yeah. actually do a quote?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that like, I I
0: feel like that those quotes are great. So should we do a wrap up? Yeah. Spiel? Okay. So since we accidentally did our quotes, we're just going to finish there. Um, I was going to just be more
2: like, thank you so much for listening. I feel like we dived pretty deep in this episode.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being a part of our intimate Conversation. Thank you for being part of our therapy. I hope you are uh, being the best mess that you can be. And I hope that you
2: have a really nice fortnight until we speak again.
0: Yay. Bye. Bye. This podcast was
2: recorded on Wajapnula country in Perth, Western Australia. Our theme song was written by Naomi Robinson and Josiah Padmanabhan. For more of our blogs or to check out our awesome shop, head to www.vodbook.com.